1: i'm selling out yo and i really don't give a shit that's right tonight we are fraternizing with the enemy he's actually not an enemy as y'all know The Boston media and I do not get along. Them blue check marks like to call me out. But every once in a while, you find one of them that you dig, that you like, that aren't all about the bullshit. And I got a guy who I have never quote tweeted unless it was in a positive factor. We got a guy coming on tonight that... Well you guys will see it. You guys will know it. You've heard me talk about them on this show plenty of times cuz anytime I'm going off about one of the uh, lovely people who cover Boston sports, especially them radio hosts. I'm so happy I live in Toronto and I don't got to listen to that radio shit every day and just the clips that Mike subjects me to on a constant basis what's going on guys welcome to the dear passage podcast with ray Rout. i'm ray route that means it's my podcast not mike's not connor's not nobody's mine deal with it you don't like it i don't care you all know what it's like make sure you go check out dean the dean Blundell network has over a hundred podcasts uh and content creators that cover everything sports entertainment music lifestyle politics sports 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 news and sports actually they don't cover a lot of sports i'm the main sports guy over there but that's all that really matters we're going to have Dean on next week. It's going to be a good time. We got to call him out on some shit. It's going to be fun. Uh, hey, don't forget, partnered up with the halftime app. Go check out the halftime app. Follow me there, Ray Route. couple of weeks or so. I know I've been saying that for a month, but they promised me the new features are coming. Gonna be dropping some exclusive content on there. You can check it out there. Check me out on the Newsbreak app. Uh, you can download the Newsbreak app or go to newsbreak.com. Search for Ray Route. You'll find all my. Uh, all my unswearing, all my uh reporter voice. No, it's not my reporter voice, it's just like this, except I don't swear and I don't talk shit about people. Uh check it out though. Uh exclusive content over on the newsbreak app. What am I forgetting, Mike? Patreon. <laughs> to all our Patreon members. We love y'all. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash DPN sports, five dollars a month, right? You get the live version of the podcast. All of y'all who are watching this at 10 p.m., you're all getting the the uh pre-recorded version. Nobody from Patreons watching right now. But if you wanted, you could have had that choice. You also get all your comments and questions answered on all of the Dear Passage podcast. Don't forget, almost every Friday night, unless I don't feel like it, or I got to do shoe shopping, or I got to go up north, and we just send Mike to do it on his own. You can come hang out with us on the Patreon hangout, 7.30 to nine thirty, two hours of unadulterated everything. I mean, the conversations that we've had on that show, it's unbelievable. And for reasons we don't understand, Mike and I, who never fight, that is the night that we start screaming at each other and we turn very american media right we try to make this show as you guys know is a blend of canadian and american media we don't have those manufactured arguments but we we do the arguments anywho it's going to be fun check it out this music's a little little loud let's turn this down there we go we'll rock out to this all night and uh let's check out let's bring in producer mike producer mike how are you buddy Good. What's going on, everybody?
2: Chappelle Peppers, you like that? Oh, I love that. Dude, I'm Big excited time. for
1: tonight. I'm excited. I'm oh, excited. Oh, my goodness.
2: We get to talk football and dinosaurs? We've been
1: talking about this since he said yes, which, oh which surprised me, because even like the Boston media guys I get along with all just avoid this show like Hold the on. plague. Hold on. Hold on. There, there, there we go. Oh, you're such a nerd. It's I all know. Good, uh, it's all right. Ladies and gentlemen... I'm... We are joined by uh, what could be the biggest guest ever be on this show. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if it's pathetic. We'll see how it is, but uh, listen. It's amazing. You can can find him on boston.com, check him out. He's such a great writer. Follow him on Twitter at KDThompson5. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kyrie Thompson.
0: Welcome to the show, sir. Hey man, and thank y'all for hyping me up so much. I'm I'm back here listening like, oh dang, I sound good. You
1: are good, man. And and again, I'm not gonna get too far into because I don't want to ruin your career. I would hate to be the one responsible for a hey, C See Kyrie was on that dick show because they do watch. They do watch because they tweet shit that alludes to things that I said. So they do watch, but so we'll keep it easy. I got to ask you, man, Chicago boy, right? Grew up in Chicago.
0: Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, my, my earliest sports memories involve uh, having the, the the old school. I don't know if you, you've seen this, but the old Michael Jordan poster where his arms are spread out, palm in the basketball, had that in my room. I was a big Ray Durham fan back when he was with the Chicago White Sox. I was my dude, I modeled my game after him, even did the, the batting stance with the like obnoxious like bat, just like rubbing <laughs> your back kind of thing. I was all on that. Um, and Frank Thomas though, Frank Thomas was my favorite athlete growing up. That was the, my guy.
1: the big hurt. So he came up here to Toronto for a few years near the end of his career. Yeah. And, uh, this he, was he back. Got in, his,
0: he got his 500th home run with y'all, right? At the Sky Dome. Yeah, that's what I thought. Nice.
1: And I'll tell you, uh, this was back in the day when you could go down game day to the ballpark, uh, cause the blue Jays sucked for so long and you could get tickets at the box office two rows up from home plate and i did that with my my now wife the girlfriend at the time and we went down we're eight rows up behind home plate and the big hurt stepped into the batter's box that is a mammoth of a man oh Oh, my god oh my god like just i could not get over the size of him
0: and how just robust he was and how big he was the 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 wild thing is like when you would watch him I don't know if he still did this when he was in Toronto or with Oakland, but when he was in Chicago, like back in the prime of his career, he would be in the on-deck circle swinging a giant piece of rebar from like old Comiskey Park. And it's just like this dude, like it's something out of a movie. Like the thing is huge. How are you swinging that? Like like, everybody just throws like the the, the two donuts on or whatever to look cool. And he's just like, no, bro. Like I'm swinging like a fifty pound piece of
2: steel you know like why not oh that's awesome
1: so you got to kind of grow up in the era of good chicago teams obviously the bulls run greatest basketball player of all time everybody who's under the age of 18 greatest basketball player of all time michael jordan um you got to see the White Sox obviously win a World Series a few years ago um not a great time in Chicago right were you a White Sox fan or a Cubs fan
0: White Sox so yeah no that was 2005 was huge for me it's like yeah a few years ago that was what 16 years <laughs> yeah I was I was a Chicago White Sox fan Bears fan Bulls fan all that you know nice
1: so what the hell brought you to Boston are you are you in Boston or do you just report for your report from Chicago
0: Yes sir, no, I'm, I am here in Boston. So originally before I started at Boston.com I've been there about a year now. Uh, I was at WBUR in Boston. I was in public radio. So um, you know before that, uh, that before that, that was my like kind of scientist days. that was when I was transitioning, you know so I was uh, uh, You know, I graduated uh, from University of Chicago. Uh, in 2013 like that was back when i was like firmly on the paleontology path then by 2017 um you know i published a paper by then and i was like man i need to get up out of this uh you know because i, I was just like i want to write something i feel like I, I like writing about so um then i started you know getting into sports you know, blogging, you know, kind of more, uh, you know, in earnest. So I started doing it a little bit on the side. See, like my boss didn't know this. Like I was I was writing sports on the side for a little bit. I went to Chicago Bears training camp in 2016. And then in 2017, I just went for it all the way just as a way to get my foot in the door. So, you know, I was working like two, three writing jobs, whatever wow. at once. Like I was really like really going for it. Then, um, you know, 2017, 2018, I met with somebody uh, at WBUR in Boston who helped get me, you know, in the door over there. I worked as a producer uh, with the Morning Edition show for a couple of years. And then uh, I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I want to step out from behind the curtain and do my own work finally. So, uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, the midst of the pandemic, I, I, I shot my shot and got in with Boston.com. And uh, pretty much right, like immediately from there, it was like heavy football for me nice well,
1: well no and, and like i said we appreciate i appreciate your work um again this whole this entire show is really based around me getting upset at something that somebody in the media wrote and anytime like one of your things come up it's legitimately just me being like here's what Kyrie thompson wrote and i'll put like a little you know put a little excerpt of what you wrote out and I think everybody's waiting for, for me to go off. And I'm like, I'm not going off. I'm just, you know, just letting you guys know <laughs> <laughs> that, that this, is what's, this is what's going on right now. Um, yeah, I read your Red I, You write about the Red Sox as well, right? Yeah. Patriots, Red Sox. Do you write about the Celtics?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so so I would say in, in order of sports that I write about, it, it's, I mean, Patriots by far, right? You know, football. Um, but I would say Red Sox is probably next, you know, just because baseball is, is, you know, this is interesting, you know, so like we all on our team uh, do every single sport, right? So it's not like I do all the Patriots stuff or like Tom Westerholm does all the Celtics stuff, but he does like the majority of it, right? So we all, we all write, you know, about every sport as the news arises. Um, but, but I would say like basketball is probably my second favorite sport, but like that, that in, in a lot of ways is like Tom's domain and, and he, you know, does the night shift. So he watches all the games. So I don't, yeah. I'm not really trying to switch with him. Like you can add right. that Tom, have fun. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so that's why I usually end up doing mostly Patriots and Red Sox, just because that news tends to happen a lot of the times, uh, when I'm on the clock, you know?
1: that's amazing to me that you're on a clock because like in our world you guys are just like we work 24 hours a day and you just write when you feel like it and yeah. you just i mean
0: in in a way that is true that that is kind of how it is like even when i'm you know off the clock right like i'm still you know checking my phone and for example i'll tell you like i don't usually work on saturdays but when the original tom brady reports about him retiring broke on a saturday they were like hey you want to write something about this and i'm like no, but I will. You
1: know? <laughs> well, it's funny because, yeah, like I'm in digital media as well. I work for DeanBlendell.com and I, I'm not like we don't have like you're on at this time. I have a full time job outside of this. This is just all the stuff I do in the evenings. and. He gives me no deadlines, but it's just things I know that I have to do. Like, when Deshaun Watson got traded, like, I yeah. knew I had to get something up. Otherwise, I was going to be asked, why is there nothing up? When Team Canada, uh, again, we're a Canadian-based website, when they qualified for the World Cup on Sunday, like, I knew I had to get, I'm the sports guy, I got to get something up. So, even though we don't have clocks, we have deadlines, we just know as news breaks, it's like, all right, I got to put an hour right. before I'm going to get the, so, covering this? <laughs> yeah. <know>? like, it's, <laughs> yeah. but, but again we appreciate you and i do appreciate boston.com and some of the other names you you said as as well um i don't like them as much as i like you but i like them as well so it's uh
0: i mean i i gotta say like while i'm on here like i i will i will shout them out man like you know my my editor gary is the best editor i've ever worked for love it um you know and, and I mean he just gives me a lot of a lot of leeway and a lot of support to you know do some of these stories and you know Hayden Bird the, the morning sports update master uh you know we got Tom Westerholm the the Celtics you know guru just every single every single night man uh and, and and his 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 breakdowns of the game are just like his his like particular kind of you know wit and like sense of humor like I always enjoy it and then when we're not on the clock I mean we got Trevor Hass and and uh, you know Connor Roche, you know just churning things out on the weekends. I, it, it's it's a hell of a team. It's so funny though because of the pandemic, I haven't met all of them in person yet. That's oh, wow. the trippy part. Still,
1: it's weird, right? So my podcast partner Connor, we we started working for Sportscaster together. We did it for two years. I'm from Toronto. He's from Boston. We started right in the middle of the pandemic. So I for a long time we weren't even allowed to cross the border. And we were supposed to meet for the first time in September this year. And that's when Biden put the block on and said Canadians couldn't come over anymore. Mike and I have been together now, what, three, four months, Mike? But you've been around for us for a couple of years on and off. We've never met each other in person. Like, we're literally, I say that I'm now that guy that I used to make fun of. You know, I used to be like the Friday night, go out, hit the club, put, you know, put the kids to bed. And it was, you know, wife and I were out. Now, like my Friday nights are me being a nerd, hanging out with guys online that I met on the internet that you know
0: we looked yeah. up with on Twitter. So I mean, that's me all weird. the time. Like I spend like a ridiculous amount of time in in like, Twitter group chats with like my my Bears like you know contingent you know back in Chicago or you know around around you know the way like some of them in New York and you know California, Texas, and all that stuff. But we're we're just like talking Bears all the time, you know. And then a couple guys I used to work with um you know at, at an old blog site we got our own little group chat like I got like white Sox chats I'm in mean, with people like yeah so I, I spend way too much time in, in, in DMs and stuff like that with people man.
1: So I gotta ask you, how do you feel? Being like the Chicago sports nut, what it sounds like. Because if you're in group chat, you're a nut, so it's oh, okay. Yeah. So you spend all this time in group chat through the Chicago sports nut, or what we're now calling sports, now just admitting we're sports nerds. Like anybody, I say, anybody who does the amount of math that we do, we're nerds. That's what I say, yeah. right? So we're all sports you're nerds by how does it feel covering Boston sports where there's always, you know, there's a rivalry between the big cities, right? New York, yeah. Los Angeles, Boston, Chicago, like there's all this natural hate. How does it feel having to write complimentary things about Boston sports teams? Or, or do you enjoy when you get to rip on the Boston sports teams for, for different reasons?
0: Well, see, so for me, and, and I mean, you could probably gather this a little bit from from the way I work i'm not always usually in in you know like ripping or or trying to be overly complimentary i'm and, and and i feel like that's actually almost a benefit of me not being from here and like not having a vested interest Like for example i'm i'm i'm, I'm just gonna put it out there i hated the patriots growing up i was i i, I was like everybody else never heard
2: that phrase before good (laughs) i wanted
0: nothing to do with watching tom brady and bill belichick win another super bowl and it didn't help that my dad you know still a big bears fan but my dad was just all on tom brady (laughs) he got got, like multiple tom brady jerseys like oh my god tom's great. shut up man like you're not from there (laughs) like you know but but you know so so i don't harbor like any kind of hate like that now but Again, I'm coming into this as an outsider. Like I haven't covered the team for 20 years like some of these other folks. I'm not, you know, a a fan by nature, so I'm kind of coming into this looking like, okay, like how does this this operate? Like how, what what is it like now seeing like Bill Belichick more on a daily basis? And like, is it really like as amazing and fascinating as people always make it sound? It really is, I gotta say. Like, not that it's always perfect, but it really is super interesting watching this dude operate. I mean, it's not always great from the standpoint of like, he thought I was gonna tell you everything you know in a press conference and and he tried to ether me the first time i asked him a question like he tried to stare me instantly. i was gonna ask you did you ever get
1: a belichick stare for one of your questions oh,
0: very first question very nice first what did I you ask him, about, him what did you ask I, him so i asked him about uh adrian phillips So, I mean, like all in all, it was a good question, you know, so, so this was, you know, right. Adrian Phillips had had a good practice and everything. So, so I, I jumped on this, you know, question. I was like, yeah, like Adrian Phillips, you know, second year in the system, you know, he's looking more comfortable, like, you know, what is this, like, like, what are your impressions of how he's playing and, um, you know, how he's fitting into, you know, almost more of like a, you know, role that he's more, you know, maybe used to, or like kind of you know, suited for being like a true safety or more of a true safety than, you know, just an off the ball linebacker, which was, you know, more or less what he was in 2020. Cause they had so many injuries. I, I hung on to, he hung on to the, you know, role that he's best suited for whatever. Like I, I probably could have cut the question off, but all in all, like it wasn't like it was that far out of bounds. It was just one of those things for Belichick thought I was overstepping my bounds and like acting like I knew too much. And he's like, well, I don't know. Uh, know what you what you mean by that whole thing you know and then went on to answer the question you know in in his in his way but he gave me a good answer you know but it's just one yeah. of those deals where like again i think he, he definitely took it as like yeah like i haven't seen you around like you know watch a step
1: who are like, you yeah, kid know too much. who are yeah. you kid coming in here yeah. telling oh, me that like you know too much that i'm putting phillips in the right position that's yeah. what uh how, like okay so as I gotta so okay, i gotta I've got like literally 30 things we need to talk about tonight, Mike. We're gonna get to three of them. Probably and we still got dinosaurs. Yeah, we gotta get prob- probably to probably so- three. And we probably. got Patreon questions, but I'm really interested in the inner workings of this now because um, as I mentioned, I'm not very popular amongst Boston media members who have access to Belichick, so I don't get a lot back, right? Um when somebody asks a question, not you, but when somebody asks the question and Belichick does the stare down or the I don't know, you know, like that, like how awkward is it for everybody else? Stupid. Just a, it stupid is, stupid.
0: Right? But, but the thing is, like, and, and again, like, now that I've been around it a couple of times, it's like, yeah, it's awkward. But it's it's he's intentionally trying to make it awkward, you know, yeah. so that you remember, like, who you're talking to. But the thing is, it's like everybody kind of gets the game at this point, because, I mean, there are a lot yeah. of veteran reporters there and a lot of people who have been on that, you know, receiving end of it for so long. Like, you know, I. I, you know, text with Tom Curran a lot, you know, and and, and, I, and I, I chat with him, you know, kind of around the way, and uh, like yeah, he he's the thing is though he's been there so long and he's he's you know asked that dude so many questions he doesn't even care like he'll yeah. he'll ask and he'll do it in whatever way he wants to do it, and if if you know Bill's kind of like. Mm, you know, whatever. Tom will just go on undeterred. He'll follow up. It doesn't matter. And and it's it's always like, man, like to get to like that level of like experience, right? Yeah. It, it's like, man, that would be like kind of wild to, to be where you're at. But yeah, to answer your question, man, like just because we, you know, are more used to it and we've seen it a couple times, doesn't mean it's not awkward yeah. when it happens.
1: It, yeah. it is as
0: awkward as it seems.
1: I love a good current belichick riff. Like yeah, when Bel- when yeah. Belichick won't answer. I think it was last year. I think it was Curran. And he was asking him about uh about Brady leaving. I was and gonna Belichick's say it was like, a Brady question. Yeah, yeah. And Belichick's like kept going. I think but I think Belichick was like, I think we already addressed that. And Kern's like, No, you didn't. You <laughs> yes, didn't yes, say yes, anything. Exactly. exactly, <laughs> just, exactly. I love and he kind of got Belichick yesterday, right? Like, is the I think he asked something on the line he's like, is the is the roster going backwards or something, right? And and Belichick just yeah, yeah so why aren't you in Florida?
0: But me so yeah. i mean i went to the combine um yeah. and and that was that was a great time i was away for a week um i so you got
1: indianapolis and your co-workers get florida
0: yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, actually, the 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 weather was pretty solid when we went to Indy. Like, I had no big complaints, and and also it's just like it was my first combine experience and everything. But you know, for for me, it's kind of like I'm being a little bit selective on like how much I push the travel and like how much I do stuff. And, and part of it is is you know because like wanting to be mindful of like you know the the. You know budgets and you know the, the red tape of it all but i mean there's also that part where like i don't like being away from home i got a two-year-old and like even as she like gets to be like more maddening and teenagerish already at two years old <laughs> i love i love being home i love being here every day so uh i'm not i'm not trying to you know jet off for four days three four days every single time you know what i mean
1: Wait till she's 16, dude. You'll want to go out every week. You you'll be going everywhere. You'll be you'll be covering mean. marble races. You'll be covering marble races in Indiana. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, no, that's 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 super awesome. So I wanted to ask you, uh, Jabril Peppers signs with the Patriots today. Uh, Mike yeah. and I have been patting ourselves on the back all day because we we've been really beefing this one up and hyping this yeah. one up and saying that he just seemed like the most perfect patriot signing a versatile guy who can play out of the box can play safety can play slot like he can kind of play everywhere but i want to get your opinion what do you think about peppers joining the team i, I look at yeah. sort of is that adrian phillips kind of guy
0: well well you know it, it is interesting because i think that you know with with a little bit more explosiveness right you know that that's exactly what it is and honestly from the moment they reported that he was visiting i was like oh if he's healthy he's probably going to sign like this is like you said, it, it's it's a perfect Patriots kind of bargain bin sort of signing. And that's been their entire that's been their MO this entire offseason. I think people are, you know, kind of getting whiplash from last year when they spent, you know, what hundred and sixty million dollars right in the first couple of days of free agency. Right. In, you know, kind of this um, you know, you know, again, like Belichick, you know, kind of taking advantage of the market being what it was, right? With teams being more strapped for cash and then salary cap wasn't as high because of COVID and all that. And he's like, yeah, well, we got money to spend. So I'm going to beat you all to the punch. It's always about that kind of zigging where other people zag. So it's like, why spend this money? And and again, you kind of got that impression, right? He's not going to spend that money on JC Jackson. It's like, why would he spend it on somebody else? Right. It's going to go back to this whole, I'm going to try and grab guys who want to be here, who I think can be versatile and play the kind of football that that we want to play and we'll just coach you up and we'll find the guys that nobody wants anymore like the guys who have been you know kind of cast off and you know they've had shots elsewhere and they haven't played their best football even when you think about you know a guy that they brought back and trent brown where it's like, yeah, he, you know, had a couple of other, you know, shots at other organizations. He plays his best football here. He could have totally gone someplace else and gotten paid a little bit more. He wouldn't have gotten, you know, NFL record money, but he could have gotten paid more. But mm-hmm. he plays well here, and you know, they get the best out of him here. So they want that kind of player, and I think that Peppers and and the amount of things he can do on the football field. Right. And and this idea of again getting faster on defense and getting more mul- and staying multiple, right? Not getting multiple, but staying multiple because that's always something they value. But you know, specifically the speed and versatility part that he fits it to a T. And so, like you said, it's another guy where maybe he doesn't slot into the starting lineup or like that big nickel lineup where you have those top three safeties in front of him that are all you know very good, right? But you could totally see him slotting in on occasion in a dime package as another linebacker, right? And and I, and I think that part of the getting faster and more athletic thing on defense is why do we got to play a bunch of giant off-ball linebackers when we can do this? Because everybody wants to spread you out anyway.
1: Do you think this is in response to Josh Allen? Because here's my theory on it. The AFC East used to build their team to beat the Patriots because before you can think about winning the AFC, you got to take care of the division. And obviously the Bills are the king of the the, the castle right now. They're the ones that we're going to take on. And that's, that was sort of been Mike and I's assessment this year. The linebackers were just too slow. Everything was just too slow. They got killed in the run game the entire season, as, as we know. Um, is this all about just the speed of the quarterbacks? Maybe not just Allen, but also Tua. Tua is not much of a runner like like Allen, but he's still able to to escape. He's still able to to make passes. And you got Zach Wilson, who has the potential to be you know a dangerous quarterback as well. Is this just the Patriots getting smaller and adapting to the new modern day quarterback?
0: In in a nutshell, yeah. I and mean, you know a lot of it is going to be right, Josh Allen, because. Maybe there was a time when they thought they had Josh Allen figured out that time no longer exists, because he can now hurt you in every way that you could possibly imagine. He has gained a level of control over his play that he just didn't have, obviously, over the first couple years of his career. But the thing is, like, he was, he was arguably better, especially down the stretch of the season of, of this past season He was better than he was in his MVP year, because it was literally just like, okay, you want to make me check the ball down? Fine. I'll go ahead and do that. You want to try and, and you know, play man coverage and, and blitz me? Well, I'll just hang in there. I'll buy time. I'll I'll wait until Isaiah McKenzie gets open and, and I'll just find him because he's faster than Miles Bryant and everybody else you have on your defense. He, he, he had all the answers. And then he was juking your defensive backs into the dust also. Let's not forget <laughs> that. And and even with somebody like Tua, like Tua is not some amazing rushing threat but but now you think about what the dolphins were last year and what they're probably going to become this year they're so fast now at their skill positions and it's all a lot of it about spreading you out it's not about tua is going to you know launch 50 60 yard bombs with regularity it's going to be the death by a thousand cuts it's going to be getting the ball you know. It to guys in space and letting them run around and so you have to be able to cover the whole field same with Zach Wilson I mean if if they ever end up figuring it out right like that's a dude who can reach just about every part of the field with his arm as well and you have to cover him when he breaks contain. and then and then you get to the rest of the AFC <laughs> and that's just a whole mess you know so so yeah I absolutely think it is in response to you know, the fact that it's a different game being played now. And these guys are the kinds of guys who like, yeah, maybe you could scheme someone into a box or scheme multiple teams into the box and, and you know, win that way. But now you've got a bunch of guys that can just win no matter what your plan is, right? It didn't matter what the Patriots' plan was against Josh Allen because he just had the answers and he was going to beat you even when the play wasn't right. There. And you have now, like six, seven, eight different quarterbacks in the AFC that can all do that at a high level. So, yeah, they had to adapt, and I think this is part of it.
1: Was Mac Wilson the first indication of it? Because when I saw the Chase Winovich trade happen, that to me was like, okay, I'm starting to see the game plan here. Like, I'm starting – that trade right there told me, like, okay. That also told me that it was going to be Bentley or Hightower, not both. Like, I knew one of them was going to come back. You still need that boomer, right? You still need that off-the-ball guy who can bang – uh, but I knew at that point it was gonna be one of them. And I, and Mike and I talked about this. I said, just get prepared for all these hybrid safeties that can play out of the box. It's <laughs> just it's gonna be you yeah. know, it's gonna be what the Chargers did against the, the Ravens in the playoffs a couple seasons ago when there was no linebackers on the field. They just played yeah. the secondary the whole game.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean you think about it, right? Like in, in the you know, past couple of years, especially in, in 2020 with all the injuries, like they were just like, Yeah, we're not even gonna try to play off all linebackers we're literally just going to play a bunch of safeties and we're in fast dudes and we're going to roll with that. But yeah, I think that definitely the, the Mac Wilson trade was like, Oh yeah, like we're going to swap out a linebacker that we don't really use. And, and I mean, I had thought he would be a cut candidate, even if he had stuck around. So I thought Chase's days were probably numbered period. Um, and then, yeah, like you, you look at a guy who, again, you know, he can, he can cover, he can blitz, he can, you know, do all these things you know, in, in space and he's fast, right? And again, another Alabama guy, right? Like he's probably had his eye on for, for all these different years. And and I definitely feel you on the point where, you know, it was gonna be one of Hightower or, or Bentley because there's no point in now having two of those guys because nobody wants to beat you that way anybody. Like, like right. nobody, no one cares, right? You're just hurting yourself. And Bentley was the logical choice because he's you know younger and you know he's he's had less miles on his body that's not to say entirely that there you know maybe no chance the dante hightower comes back you know on a super team friendly deal but it definitely feels like that's probably it for him but again you never know you never know um but yeah i think that when the other thing with the wilson trade is that now you're looking at a linebacking core where you know aside from you know bentley and like Anthony Jennings or something like that. Like there are no other linebackers that are above like 245 pounds. Like they're all under that, and they're all known for you know being more speed and versatility than they are thumping. So it's like, yeah, you have one of those guys. Like who knows if if Jennings you know is going to make the roster, right? You have you, you don't you never you never know. He's going to be what his third fourth year, and you haven't really seen anything from him. So yeah, I think that the shift does seem pretty clear that like okay look we are gonna go with with the faster guys now we'll see what they end up doing in the draft i would expect them to get one of these you know, kind of quick linebackers, hybrid sorts of dudes um like almost uh in the mold of a jeremiah wusu koromoa like i would look for a dude like that because that's special play right
1: guys we're here with uh Patriots insider Kyrie Thompson from boston.com excited to have him on hey listen what happened what happened with Chase Winovich you know you know come on what ha- how did that guy fall sort of what happened is he a politician I heard he's a pol- I heard he's a locker room lawyer locker room politician I heard he had I've heard a lot of things what What happened what happened with Chase?
0: Well, I mean, I think that for one, right, I, I thought this was funny, even from before I started at Boston.com, where you hear a little bit about like Chase Winovich, like, you know, having his own interests off the field and kind of being like, you know, uh, you know, a goofy guy, right? And Tom Brady's just like, dude, like, quit doing that stuff and like play football. It's all jokes, right? But, you know, I think that he he did all right, you know, In in 2020. He was the leading sack guy, but again, it was like five and a half sacks. It wasn't anything particularly special. Somebody had to get him. Someone had someone had to get the sacks that year. Um, but I think again, right? Like here's a guy who was productive in college, but it's not like he had special athletic traits, right? You know, it, it's like he's just like a, a motor guy, a special teams blue guy, but In the end right like you got you you went out and you signed judon right who who is a legit edge rusher a guy who, who can who can play that position and and put up a bunch of production as we saw and i think josh uche right like there there's there's been the talk about like yeah like they like their edges to be able to you know set the edge against the run and play the run and all that stuff and again i feel like the emphasis is now going to potentially shift more towards yeah we want our guys to sack the quarterback right and chase winovich doesn't really do that in an elite way and and his his production just hasn't really merited him sticking around and so it it absolutely felt like okay here's a guy who's still young and he's a name and somebody like there are probably people that were high on him coming out of the draft like let's just see what we can get for him as opposed to just cutting him and i feel like uh, on on a you know slightly similar note like i feel like that's the territory we're gonna find Nikhil Harry in here real soon because there's no place for him on this team at least it certainly doesn't seem that way and <laughs> maybe somebody's gonna want to trade for him maybe but who, who? who's the- gonna want to trade <laughs> so sorry i'm sorry to interrupt you. i mean i don't disagree with you you know what i mean like I, and so i'm i'm thinking that either it's that or he's just gone
1: Nikhil is a guy who's made me look dumb for three years now, or two years at least. Like after his rookie season, I blamed Tom Brady that he didn't <laughs> want to work with him for two years. I defended this kid, defended, 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 and and then he fielded a punt with his face, and I couldn't take it anymore. You know what I mean? Well, like I was like, again,
0: there, there's also the question of why is he even back there. Like I, well, that, I, I, I you, asked. You. I never. I, and, and I mean, that's not to say it didn't happen. You know, for a bunch of weeks at practice, like when we yeah. weren't there and all that stuff. But I never saw that dude fill the put in training camp or mini camp. Where did that come yeah. from?
1: Yes, you and know? why? Why did you feel the first time to put him back there? the best moment would be in some unbelievable windstorm? And I, I, you want to hear my theory on that? <laughs> I think the Patriots were shopping him. And they're trying to show that he
0: can return punts. Yeah.
1: And and then he fielded it with his face. (laughs) and it just, it all went downhill. Um, Listen, so we do have some Patreon questions here. um, And this kind of relates now to what I was going to talk about because Robert Kraft spoke again. And I feel like every time Robert Kraft speaks in the off season, he just, just, just blows it up for the fan base. Um, I'm going to read the question verbatim. And I just apologize to you ahead of time. That's what I'm going to say, okay? So Brian Lynch says, scale 1 to 10. How much do you believe the Boston sports media is overblowing the craft comments of, quote, not being happy, etc. Bill's on the hot seat uh, radio talk narrative. Um, So I, I I cut a video for this over on 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 Newsbreak today, and I kind of in a nice way said, like, I wish Kraft would just shut up sometimes, <laughs> like, I don't, like, for such a smart guy and I know he likes to send kind of messages and, like, he doesn't, I don't think he realizes the, the shit storm he opens, like, when he's like, we need to build through the draft, I would never want to spend money like this again, that turns into a whole bunch of other stuff, but what did you take out of Kraft's comments today, was he sending uh, Belichick a message, is this a senile old man who just likes talking to the media, like, what's your what's
0: your thoughts on it? I mean, I've heard a couple of people along the lines of like, oh yeah, like uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year, then you got to explore like Belichick on the hot seat. And I'm just kind of like, I just, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how that happens. Like, like how, how do you, how do you verbalize that, you know, opinion? Like That's just, that's just how I feel. I feel like that dude's not leaving until he feels like leaving and he's, and he's earned that cash. Uh, you know, to, to make that decision himself, like, unless he really like did something that just like, you know, we've never seen or whatever, just make Robert Kraft So incandescently angry. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening. And and in particular, right? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just like last year, right? Like, yeah, like we got to draft better, you know, and, and whatnot. Right. It's, it's the same reflame and then they went and they drafted well, right? Like they had a good draft. And I mean, they're going with a collaborative approach again. And you know, we'll we'll see, you know, kind of how well they do. I think like last year was was a year where it's like there weren't surprises, right? It's like Mac Jones fell to you at 15 and it was like he's right there. You might as well just take him. And I tell you, like I was on a live I was on a live stream. And I was just getting my jaw up off the floor from Justin Fields, right? When the Bears traded up, I was like, wow, they really did it. Like, holy shit, you know? And then the next words out of my mouth were, Well, Mac Jones is a patriot now. It's it just it was too obvious, right? The and then you look at right, like, you know, trading up for Christian Barmore, but like that guy, like you flip on a couple minutes of him and you're like, All right, well, okay, that guy's really good. You know, if I
1: mean? if I can pat myself on the back. I didn't think a quarterback was going to fall to the Patriots. I really didn't. First of all, I thought Mac Jones was going to San Francisco. So that was the first piece there. And I was, my hopes was that Trey Lance would fall to, to 15. <laughs> yeah. I, Mike, what was I saying? The the entire lead up to the
0: draft,
2: yeah, whole lead up to the draft, should the Christian Patriots Barmore do in
1: the first round, trade out of 15, trade down to yep. like 25 and take Christian Barmore. He's the best defensive interior defensive lineman in the draft. He'll blow it up. So for me, To get Mac Jones and Chris, it was a good year for me too because I'm a big Matt Judon fan. Like, I was a Judon fan in Baltimore. Yeah. And I would come on this show and talk to these guys about Judon, but I never saw him coming to the Patriots. But I used to always say, Oh, this guy'd be such a great Patriot. Like, he would just, he's, you know, like Baltimore's using him well. Belichick would get the best out of him. Like, when they signed, when everybody was going nuts about fucking Hunter Henry and John Smith, and I was like,
0: We got Matthew fucking Judon, guys. You don't understand. yeah i love that sighting and, and and i i was actually one of the people who was like maybe a bit more like like yeah people were kind of down on the kendrick board and thing like yeah it's too redundant with jacoby wow. myers and i was like i don't know man like i yeah. kind of like this dude the way he runs after the catch and all that and it's like yeah I feel pretty good about that now but you know yeah to, to kind of you know get back to it though it's like i just don't see and i don't know that i see bill belichick as being like yeah, I'm going to take this any sort of certain way and like, you know, like go out and draft angry, you know, to prove a point. He's, he's going to do what he's doing. And, and again, he's he's been switching the approach and it worked really well last year. I expect them to do something you know, pretty similar. And with that in mind, when you when you keep that part in mind, it kind of takes the sting out of like, oh, yeah, he's really needling, you know, Bill Belichick. It's like they had a pretty damn good draft last year. Matter of fact, like widely thought of as the best draft in the NFL, you know, th- from across the league. So, I mean, unless this year is terrible, like, I, I don't know that, like, I'm really going to put a lot of stock in any of that. And, you if- know, Bill Belichick's not getting fired. Come on.
1: If Ronnie Perkins works out, they nailed the first four rounds. You tell me the last team that nailed the first four rounds of the draft. Uh, No, and Mike, I mean, why don't you tell Kyrie about how you were adamant that Josh McDaniels had to leave the team and he was the problem on the offense and how excited you are that Matt Patricia and uh, Joe Judge are going to be running the Patriots offense this year. Because I think that's like, when Bill Belichick does leave, I think there's a lot of the Bill Belichick naysayers, like when when Matt Nagy's coaching this team or something, that are going to be sitting back going like, Maybe we had it okay with Bill Belichick. And you know what? I didn't even mean to take that shot, but it just worked out. So. No, no, no. That
2: no. catching strays? So uh,
0: Patriots chat? Dang. So it,
2: in all fairness, though, like I have been on this narrative all week of, you know, I think Patriots fans and even you see it now with, you know, the owner, they're a little bit spoiled, you know, we need to get back to the playoffs and we need to win it. We need, you know, we've been out of it for three, four years now and it's like, Listen, you had a like a brand new offensive roster last year. You're avoiding what I told you to bring up. Yes, bring up well, how you gonna, hate Josh gonna, McDaniels. Bring yes, it I up. don't like Josh McDaniels. I am not a Josh McDaniels fan. That's what Ray wants me to say on air, and I am not a Josh McDaniels because fan. Because he's
1: excited that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge is going to be running the offense this year. Because we had to get rid thought, of Josh McDaniels. I thought
2: Bill O'Brien would be back in town. Man, sorry guys, you're it. jumping
1: right into the middle of very contentious issue between us so i'm just i'm actually <laughs> loving the fact that belichick alluded to matt patricia being a big part of the offense like as much as i know from the fans perspective that that yeah. sucks i just the first guy i thought of was him and yeah. just started laughing my ass off
2: about it sorry. Tr- trash yeah. mcdaniels wins this and, year and with absolutely mean, nothing
0: look look I'm, I'm i'm gonna say this too i was kind of on this training and a bunch of people were kind of like yeah i don't know about that but my thought was like if you're bill O'Brien like would you really want to give up working for a team that you're going to go to the national championship like every year you're going to have the top quarterback and receiver prospects like every year your offense you you put up numbers you know you don't got to go back to the patriots and work in an offense you know where everything's just going to be harder right you're, like you're working with a second year quarterback and you know uh you know a solid if not spectacular you know group of uh playmakers but but it's the nfl everything's harder in the nfl and it's like i don't know wouldn't you want to just like rack up some numbers at at alabama and, and and have a couple of stick seasons with like the likes of bryce young and and stuff like that and then like maybe get a head coaching gig somewhere like wouldn't you want to do that instead of Coming back to be the offensive coordinator for the Patriots—that's kind of just how I felt about it personally. So I'm not surprised he didn't come here. And then again, I don't know like what the discussions were between like Bill and Nick Saban. Like Nick's just right. like, don't take my dude, man. Like I know about you. you.
2: What do you think about Nick Kelly potentially calling the uh, plays behind this? He's
1: scenes? trying so hard right now to justify his point, and I just love it because am he just, going to try. As to you were giving my... the Bill O'Brien explanation that I had given him fifty times, yeah. like if you were just you were just gut shotting him. So I love it. So so far.
0: well, I mean, it's it's not at all impossible that he becomes like a shadow person. In like all this, like talk of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia is very intentional, right? right. Where, where it's like. You know, yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna keep it a mystery until it's time, and then he's calling the place. The interesting thing is, like, you know, I, I I had a discussion with somebody about this, and they were just kind of like, I don't even know where people are getting the Nick Cayley stuff from. That yeah, it was man. almost just like somebody said it at one point, like, oh yeah, maybe Nick Kayley has been here a while, right? Like maybe he you know would be the logical option, and then everybody just kind of ran with it, right? So I don't know that it's impossible, right? I mean, like there have been like interesting you know pseudo coordinators you know around before and, and i even think about things like you know joe judge right becoming the special team you know being the special teams coordinator and the wide receivers coach like at right. the same time like they do all kind of like little wacky things with the coaching staff a matter of fact i think i saw that they actually have the fewest coaches on staff in in the league because they're all just like doing we're not big tops, on titles right? here but we're not right, we're not I mean,
1: big on titles Curry.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know if we if we end up seeing, you know, in training in mini camp or training camp Nick Kaylee having the, the call sheet or even in a preseason game, I'll be like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see what's up. Then again, they did that with Gerard Mayo and he doesn't call the plays now, so you really just never know with these right.
1: Can you just come back to her three times a week just for five minutes every time Josh McDaniels gets brought into the conversation? Just because I was watching Mike's face just like just because you threw a... I love it. I love you even more. All right. I got a couple more questions from our Patreon uh, here, and then we we do we do gotta get to some dinosaur questions because
0: mm.
1: and a very popular one that has come up, which I, I don't quite understand, but
0: I, think I already know what it is. But...
1: You probably do. Um so this one comes from Moises Carter. My Patriots brother, Ray Rout, uh, our New England Patriots need to pick up John Mechie or Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones. Can we pick up Stephon Gilmore, Gilly Gilly Lock, or Patrick Peterson? Let's go Pats Nation and my Patriots family. Uh, We need two more wide receivers in the draft. Moises, I appreciate you being a Patreon member. You're you're the best. A lot to unpack there. I'm just going to say no um, across the board for most of them. Um, I have a pipe dream of Odell Beckham Jr., as everybody knows. Uh, Julio Jones I've already been right on so we don't need him here uh, Gilmore ain't coming back I know everybody's looking at the Malcolm Butler thing but I say that those two relationships ended very differently yeah. um, and, and no we're not getting Patrick Peterson either and I think we need one receiver in the draft maybe not two I like John Mechie um, we can go from there but we'll turn it to, to Kyrie uh, who can digest that and, and... yeah,
0: so so I mean Mechie is a guy that I've, I've actually referenced a couple of times and I feel like he fits what the Patriots are and what, and what they want from their receivers in, in a pretty fundamental way. Like, you know, and, and, you know, people talk about Jamison Williams, right? Like, oh yeah, get another Alabama playmaker for Mac Jones without realizing, I mean, as awesome as he is. Right. You know, but aside from the injury, like he never actually played with Mac Jones, John Mechie's played with Mac Jones and they had the hello chemistry. Like they, like like he, like Mac Jones was hitting John Mechie on go routes and fades and all kind of stuff, you know, down the field, just plenty. And I feel like if you get a receiver like that in the offense, you'll see Mac Jones push the ball a little bit more. And I think some of that will come with with more comfort as well. But the other thing is like John Mechie throws you out the club in the run game. Like he is a very willing blocker. He enjoys it. He enjoys making your life hell. So I, I feel like that's absolutely something that you look at. If he's healthy, if you like his medicals enough and he's sitting there in the second round. Yeah, I would do that. Um, I don't I don't know that you do that many early receivers, though, because I think that to this point, right? you're looking to see if you can get more out of Nelson Aguilar than you got last year but aside from that even you've got Kendrick Bourne under contract you've got Jacoby Myers now back under contract with with his tender and we'll see what happens after that and then you you got Hunter Henry right so you got your basically top three options in place they're not going anywhere so the idea that like yeah we need to bring in a bunch of new receivers stuff like that like i don't feel like they think they need to do that i think it's more of and and again this goes back to the overall philosophy of what the patriots are doing this year versus last year they did their big spending to revamp the roster already now it's about fine-tuning now it's about grabbing a piece here a piece there you know something that gives you an element that you didn't have before I, I really like Odell and I think that I'm, I'm happy that he got his chance with a Super Bowl winner. I'm really sad that, you know, it ended up happening the way that it did with him tearing his ACL. But again, like a lot of people are saying, Oh, he's washed and still, like, he's not the same player he was. And I'm like, this dude can still fall. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. And he goes and, and he contributes absolutely contributes to that team. And I, the the only thing with him is that as much as i like him like he's probably not going to play this year i mean it, it just it just doesn't feel like the timeline i mean he got hurt in the super bowl you know it's like the timeline just doesn't seem to work out that he'll play this year he he could he could come back early guys have come back early before it happens increasingly nowadays but i don't know that that's something that you that you spend the money on right now if he's getting healthier later down the line and and he's like, yeah, I want to come here. Then sure. Yeah, no, I could see that. It's just not going to happen right now. So I would view it as like, like a Mechie or maybe like another third round, you know, kind of guy that again is, is like one of those prototypical, like fast, you know, like quick, fast slot guys who gets open and maybe can bust one for you.
2: Who do you like for the Patriots in the first round? If you had your pick.
0: So, Okay this this is this is really interesting because i think a lot of people want the patriots to take a wide receiver i personally don't see it and i think that in this class with it being as deep as it is maybe you get a run on receiver and and you know maybe it's some of the guys you don't you want in the you know second round aren't there but i'm looking at somebody more of like uh like cornerback like i love Kyre elam i think he absolutely fits the bill and i think that he's he fits the bill of a man cover corner they might play more zone you know like and, and so that might not be quite as much but if you want to stick with being a man covers team i like andrew, that. andrew booth jr a- andrew booth jr i also like he doesn't have as much uh experience under his belt but i like the tools and i love the way he tackles love the way that he gets physical and i think just generally his his technique is such that i feel like he's always you know kind of in the right place even if he gets beat sometimes um and then real quick one i'm really warming to the idea of zion johnson i just i like everything i've seen of that dude i i watched him in person throw up those 32 reps and and his his length his just like raw measurables oh yeah as as a first round guard he would justify it
1: fun story that okay. is the only draft story i covered for newsbreak this year was his bench <laughs> press so um particular pack 6 asked us about the pepper signing we already we already went deep into this um this next one from alex clearly is for me how do you know how old a fossil is no uh so kyrie so now we're getting into the dinosaur stuff how do you know how old a fossil is
0: well there are a couple different ways to do it um typically uh like well, people will do carbon dating right like that's a common one but carbon dating has like kind of limited reach right it's like um, you know a few thousand years on an order of a thousand years um, so it's good for telling you know, more recent fossils like for example, like hominid fossils um, and, and things like that if you want to go later or rather you want to go go earlier I should say farther back in time you do like lead strontium dating because the half-life is much longer and so that's how you find out when things are like on the order of millions or maybe billions of years old. So basically, uh, you grind up a piece of particle, and you put it in the machine, and you have the machine run it with, you know, one of the, you know, kinds of, uh, you know, machines or you know, testing ways that I just talked about, um, and then it'll it'll give you an idea. The other way that you can tell is depending on what formation you're in, rock formation sometimes you just know like okay these are jurassic rocks these are cretaceous rocks for example i went on a dig in wyoming and in Horn mountain to the a place called the morrison formation and you just know that in the morrison formation it's jurassic fossils so you're going to find stegosaurs and allosaurs and like the long neck dinosaurs and stuff like that that you're used to, to seeing from there
1: so in jurassic park the way they describe the the, the dinosaurs like the, the, I guess, the tendencies, like the T-Rex. Is it true with a T-Rex, if you stop moving, they can't see you? Because I just feel like if I saw a T-Rex, I'd stop moving. That motherfucker would just grab me and eat me. <laughs> so it's bullshit? The, the amazing
0: thing about T-Rex and why, like, yeah, it seems basic, but it's still, like, my favorite dinosaur. It is an incredible combination of power and, you know physically but also its mental acuity is really interesting like it has binocular vision its eyes face forward just like ours do so it can perceive depth so if you stand still it don't matter to it but the other thing is that its brain you know relatively speaking you know you can you could say it has about the intellect of like you know i've seen it compared like you know a house cat which is like that's not bad
2: yeah so that's not bad
0: like a, like a, a giant 40 foot seven ton malicious house cat you know like that's kind of scary is it yeah no
2: thanks no thanks
1: so question for you then i'll give mike a dinosaur question of our own then we'll get to the stupid question we got sent today actually we got a really in-depth one on your twitter account which i didn't understand at all but uh we can get to that but we're, we're running out of time here how do you guys know how smart a t-rex is by looking at its bones like this is where i get really intrigued because i hear all these explanations like you can tell me who was a carnivore who was a herbivore this they did this they ran in packs they ran in this how the hell do you know just by studying bones i find that's the most interesting piece for me
0: yeah so i mean a lot of times like people will do like cat scans of the of the you know the skulls and stuff like that and, and they'll look at the relative size of the brain you know and compare it to the body size right and it's like okay like this compares roughly to like you know this kind of animal right okay or like you're looking at you know the the specific makeup of the brain and you're like okay like this compares to like a vulture or this compares like well to like xyz animal and so like you'll see sometimes like animals are like like dinosaurs especially like theropod dinosaurs um have brain shapes that are kind of similar to like alligators and and things like that um but a lot of the the speculation part because in the end it's all speculation because we don't see these animals live in real life but you know you look at if you see a bunch of like raptor bones like you know around each other it's like okay that's probably like a like a pack family kind of you know thing or you see like a mass burial of of myosaurs and, and with like egg you know mounds and stuff like that everywhere it's like wow these are big herded dinosaurs that like all lay their eggs together or, you know, sometimes you'll see, you know, certain marks, you know, on a, on a Tyrannosaur skull or you'll see like, again, like multiple Tyrannosaurs, and you're like, dang, did they roll in packs too? Right? And And so it's all a guessing game to an extent, but a lot of it is just comparing what we see of these various fossils and then comparing them to the living relatives, which are, yeah, like lizards and alligators. But, you know, we also know that dinosaurs are you know have a lot of similarities to birds especially the theropod dinosaurs meat eating ones so we use a lot of bird behavior to kind of explain how we think they might have lived yeah. as well
2: mike do you have a question i was just gonna ask what i mean you said t-rex is your favorite dinosaur i just wanted to know what maybe your uh, favorite herbivore was
0: favorite herbivore is gonna be probably well a kind of titanosaur right like whichever one right now it's probably the patica titan um that they've got in the field museum um they nickname it maximo the largest animal that has ever existed on land it is just mind-blowingly huge like when you see it in person i just i cannot fathom how that thing walked the earth it it makes no sense
1: all right our last question here sorry to cut you off but we are we are running tight to the clock we cannot exceed an hour um, so this whole conversation started because you put out the greatest flex in the world because someone said they were going to punt a raptor, and you're just like, Well, as a former paleontologist, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. And I was like, Come on, really? And you're like, Yeah, look, here's me digging up a stegosaurus. Uh, but one of the most common questions we got today when we put it out, one that you got today, is Which dinosaur can we beat up? And, um, you, I'm I'm not sure what the fascination is, but you got about 45 seconds to address that question. If I
0: went back in time, which which dinosaur could I beat up? I'm gonna give you maybe a, like a micro raptor because it was the size of a chicken, you know, or like one of these like herbivorous dinosaurs that like doesn't come up to your knee or something like that. Um, people talking about like one punching a raptor. It's like, look, that thing might be only two or three feet tall, but it weighs about a hundred pounds. If you can't one punch a German Shepherd, you're not one punching a raptor. And chances are, if you connect, you're just gonna piss it off, and it's gonna cut you open. So, good luck with that.
1: Guys, this is Patriots Insider Kyrie Thompson. Follow him at KDThompson5. Find his work at boston.com. We so appreciate that. With mine. Guys, go check out DeanBlundell.com. Check out RayRoute.com. Go to the halftime app. Look up Ray Route. Download the halftime app. Download the Newsbreak app. Go to Newsbreak.com. Look for Ray Route for Kyrie Thompson for producer Mike. Thank you so much. Never forget, you're all legit, kid.